What is Snooze Flip? Snooze Flip is one of the most universal mattresses on the planet. You can customize your sleep experience to fit your needs. One side is soft, one side is firm, and you can flip it to the side that fits your body best. The cover is also reversible, with one side up to 5 degrees cooler and cozy warm on the other side. This zippable cover makes the Snooze Flip a true 4-in-1 mattress. Don't stress through shopping hundreds of beds online. Snooze Flip has all the features in one and Snooze will ship it straight to your door. The mattress expands faster than most. You can be sleeping on your new mattress on the same day as delivery. There's a YouTube video of us unpacking Allie and RK's mattress in the bar. Check it out. When you are a part of Snooze Sleep, you are a part of a community, just like the DNVR community. No exaggeration, a community of go-getters, hustlers, athletes, entrepreneurs, the people who need to energize their bodies so they can wake up feeling amazing the next day and conquer their biggest dreams and goals. Finally, Snooze Sleep is locally based. We know how much you love supporting our local partners. The thing is, Snooze is made by Colorado, designed for the world. You can all take advantage of a new Snooze Flip mattress that gets delivered straight to your door and Snooze Sleep is hooking you up Use the code DNVR and receive $250 off a mattress and $250 off with an adjustable base. That's $500 worth of savings on a queen mattress with an adjustable base. The dual split king savings are up to $1,000 with an adjustable base. $1,000. Guys, head to snoozesleep.com and grab your snooze flip mattress today. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Draft Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Justin Michael. The whole gang is here. We've got Andre, Henry, and Jake. We are going to be talking about the college football playoff. We're going to talk about the New Year's Six Bowls. But before we get into any of that, we're going to be diving into the Denver Broncos needs and kind of the the top 11 guys that we would want, as it's currently slated, the Broncos would pick 11th in the upcoming 2022 NFL draft. A little bit of range to, to go up or drop down, depending on how it happens, but it kind of seems like they're going to be picking somewhere in between that, you know, 10 to 16-ish range, depending on how this all plays out. Gentlemen, how's it going? Good, Good. man. Lots, on, lots to get into here. Um... And I mean, the Broncos keep uh, keep giving us more juicy draft talk, so uh, you can't complain. Also, I'm kind of scared off by these uh, Aaron Rodgers trade things because, as I was telling you guys, this uh, that might just kill this pod for for like two years. So that is a concern <laughs> of mine. I think I think we can make it through. There's always going to be needs, especially if you have Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers, because that means you're not resigning guys because you're blowing money there. There's always like a dream. And look at the Chiefs. Those guys have been drooling over linebackers for years because they just have garbage there. At the very least, we have a heavy day two of the draft, though, with those grand picks coming in. So That's true. That's true. Fair enough. We're going to have to start getting really into those day two quarterback picks, the developmental types that you bring in when you have an established quarterback and just, you know, hopefully it pans out. But that's kind of fun sometimes, too. So there's always something to dive into. We just got to keep the positivity, I guess. Um, how do you want to start this, Dre? I mean, do we like just kind of go back and forth, rapid fire, and, and try and come to a consensus eleven? Do we each want to give eleven guys? I mean, there, there's a couple of different ways we could do this, I guess. I feel like we need the consensus. Starting number one, a bit of a meaningless six, right? That is kind of the consensus top. That it's not even worth talking about the Broncos too much. I mean, except just to put them in order. But one is Aiden Hutchinson, sure. right? That's the consensus so. right now. That's you, our consensus. I mean, you're turning your back on your Pac-12 brethren, and we are all taking no. But yeah, sure, that's the wow. consensus. Wow. You, you just, uh, you know, you let draft Twitter and uh, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay dictate how you rank, I guess. I don't know. I is sure that a do. fair criticism, Henry? I mean, I don't know that we need to be <laughs> criticizing at all. I, oh, okay. I would say any criticism at 1030 in the morning is unfair. It's um, the holiday season, guys. Come on now. Oh, man. Number two, though, my guy, potentially the best player in the draft, Kayvon Thibodeau. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> all right. Never mind. Flame him. He's, he's trying to cover all his bases here, and we don't allow that. Make an opinion. Give us a statement. Who's, who would you take right now? You know, 
Oh, Aiden knife to your back. Aiden Hutchinson. But is there is any a, any is that a double consensor? No Kyle yeah. Hamilton for the Broncos there. Kareem Jackson being thirty three or whatever. Oh right, because this is Broncos specific. No mm-hmm. Broncos specifically. I think. I think maybe the debate does become a little more intriguing because I don't see Hutchinson as a three four fit. Um, and obviously, depending on what defense you're playing. Uh, but I don't know. He's not a stand-up edge. He's not a five-deck. Right. A bit too big for that. I mean, but mm-hmm. the next couple of weeks uh, could be uh, bringing in a completely different... I mean, not that they're going to have a chance to get him, but it could be completely different next year. Right. Yeah, I just wanted to point that out. I mean, the Broncos, like everyone else, is mostly playing in nickel, which is where you're mostly playing with an even front. So it's kind of a moot point. I would still take them. I'm just saying I think that does maybe level out that race just a bit more. That's a fair point to consider. I, oh man, Kyle Hamilton at two, I think there's at least a debate for it, at least with the needs that they're going to have going forward, especially if they end up moving on from a couple of these corners and you lose Kareem, like that, that's a lot of snaps you're losing between these defensive backs, which that could be a good thing. Cause a lot of these corners have been burned this year when what was supposed to be the strength of the team. But I don't I mean, know. These, these edged guys are just so freakishly talented. I don't know how you would pass on them. If that for some reason, you know, like, I don't know, maybe Thibodeau has a gas bong video that comes out that day, and for some reason he drops to 11 or something like that. Like, how could you pass on that type of guy? Could be a weird medical report. We've seen guys with, like, eh, it's a weird heart thing, but the doctors don't really think it's something major, but it still scares the, people off. And then the Browns get JOK in the, late in the second round because of it. Well, that exactly. 13 draft we always talk about and what garbage it was. You know, Eric Fisher's the first pick, and Jake... Uh, uh, Luke Jokel is the second pick. Deion Jordan's the third. Just like horrendous. Well, the best player in that draft was Star Luta Lele, who drops to 13 to the Panthers after all those shitty O-linemen because of some weird heart thing. You know, like you could see that in this class. I will say, you know, Hamilton, as you're in the box safety, who can also do a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Simmons as your deep safety with the high IQ could kind of be that, that rare quarterback of the defense from the third level rather than the second level. And then Patrick Sertan, that is a very legion of boom blueprint identity for your defense. Um, It'd be pretty incredible. Be intriguing. Be intriguing. Yep. I wonder you got the physicality, you got the ball hawk in the back. I mean, it just gives you a lot of versatility with what you can run. I honestly would consider more Evan Neal, though, as the second prospect on the Broncos board ahead of Hamilton. Um, I was and I say, how many tackles do we have up here? It's gonna be it's gonna be a few. The, they're gonna start stacking up pretty quickly here in a minute for sure. So we're we're sticking with Hutchinson. We've got Thibodeau too. Number three, where, what do we want? I would have said Evan Neal. Okay. That's where I would go as well. I can get behind that. Yeah. Justin, I'm going to stick with you... Hamilton, but three to okay. one. So we'll, we'll, we'll take Neal. Um, right. I would have Neal at four. I mean, neither one of those guys are incredible talents, but where would you guys go next? We're Hamilton? notifying or uh, Bama's. <laughs> Bama's. <laughs> <laughs> PR department as we speak. Um, lots of betrayal here early on. Okay, so we've got a consensus top four. Three. Essentially. Do we want to throw three. Hamilton at four? Hamilton was where the debate was. He has so. dropped um, more than probably more than anyone in that consensus. It seems more like a position thing. Man, it's funny how much we can overrate guys like Jamal Adams and these safeties where it's like, hey, that's the skill they have really isn't do. really rare. Uh, but then a guy like Kyle Hamilton, it's like, oh, snooze fast. Like, wake up. He's the thing. <laughs> it's like the size of Cortland Sutton. He can play deep or in the box. This guy's an alien. Um, so I don't know. I, I think Hamilton, Hamilton's probably the cleanest. And that's why you would put him fourth because there are a lot of guys where positional value upside, just untapped potential. You can make arguments over Hamilton, but geez, Hamilton's just so clean and he fits really well in the, in the modern NFL. 
Let's do it. He can tackle. He can cover. I mean, there's just totally man. You move him all over. I yeah. I don't understand why people have come down on him a little bit. If anything, I've this season's kind of affirmed my confidence in him. But um, number five. Now, now it begins. Yeah, now it's getting interesting. I would Welcome go Carlaftis um, here. Okay, see, I mean, you can really go off the res and pick what you want. Derek Stingley would have been the consensus for a minute. Um, the Broncos may be in the market for a corner. Uh, he just, I, I can't justify the tape we've seen the last two years. There's I get the it. thing about him. It's again, it's like, just some of these guys feel like such risks and him totally, being at the man. top of that. I mean, we're, totally. we got to go back to his like freshman tape to find quality play. And that's close to two and a half years ago at this point. I just, I, I can't get there. He's living a lot off of name brand right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest seasons ever uh, from everyone on that LSU team, right? And I'm shit name brand. It's it's also that a lot of those dudes from those teams have already semi panned out. Right. Um, you know, so there's a little maybe less buyer's remorse, but he would not be my fifth. Um I love the Carlaftis pick. I would go Devin Lloyd. I think we're not talking oh, about yeah. Um frankly I I think he could check off the Broncos' two biggest defensive need boxes in one player because I think he is a top, maybe not top three, but definitely a top five edge in this class. Yes, raw, length for days, bendy as hell, relentless. This is a guy with like one of the best tackles for a loss, lived in opposing backfields all year. Super raw, insane sideline to sideline and developing some Coverage instincts that are nasty with that length, reminiscent of Darius Leonard. And again, if Utah was on bigger stages, that put on that Stanford game, that's one of the Heisman moments of the season. He probably should have been in New York if we just like consider this a little more. I, I think this is like this. This is where the Devin Lloyd conversation must begin. I think that's fair. I'll throw uh, Ikem McQuono, the tackle from NC State, out there. Think the positional value combined with some other stuff makes him a decent fit. Plus, I mean, maybe you throw Jordan Davis in too. A big defensive tackle from Georgia. Oh my, oh my Henry! Uh, I know it's a little bit high. <laughs> you, uh, you, uh, you got holiday the the holiday meals on your mind. You went, you went thick on us here. <laughs> my know. goodness, I like the thick boys. You know, that. I guess so. I mean. Um, the 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 NC State tackle is something else. That guy, he is so freaking wide. Hips are just so explosive. Super high floor because if he doesn't pan out at tackle, he's throwing the guard. Yeah, as a guard, he's like, uh, you know, it's like putting in a hockey goalie. Like, there's only so much room you can get through that man's gaps. Like, you put a center on one side and a tackle on the other. Good luck getting through there. Is he bigger Jake. than um uh real quick, is he bigger than the Alabama guy last year? I can't remember. The big oh, uh, oh, 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 Deontay the, Brown. The right guard, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I, I don't I know, think, man. That dude was a Mack truck. <laughs> yeah. He he's longer and shit. He feels wider. Brown was heavier. Brown Brown was really like sumo level, like right, right. And kind of more one one of those frames a la Minerts, where like a lot of his power is in the belly, you know. Does mm-hmm. um. <laughs> anybody want to suggest a quarterback here? Not a quarterback. I was about to double down on your Jordan Davis take, though. Oh, okay, I'll t- I'll like that. Um, just simply because guys that big and that strong at that position don't really come around that often. Mm. Um. We've kind of seen what Vita Vea has done from that position and how just his otherworldly ability to move large human beings is just invaluable for that team. Uh, it's something that Broncos don't have inside. I think that Jordan Davis, I mean, you take away the positional value. I mean, he's got to be one of the best pure football players, just strongest guys in this class. I think that just is something that needs to be remembered as we move forward. And he kind of inevitably slides down just because he plays defensive tackle. 
so many well good options. I, I, I'm going to come around to Dre's side. One, just because I love Devin Lloyd. And two, because it makes it interesting. So how, how do we want to determine this? We go on Lloyd or Jordan Davis? Right. I guess Henry. I'll go Lloyd. Be... Okay. There yep. you go. Um, Not mad there. Davis is really interesting. Another guy who maybe has lost some steam recently. Um, and part of that is positional value. Part of that is simply how many snaps can you get out of a big man like that? Right. Can you justify a top 11 pick on someone who might only be able to appear 55, 60% of the snaps? The other side of that coin is he, it's simple math. A guy like Jordan Davis alters the math up front of your team. They're blocking with five, you're rushing with four, but you got to block that man with two. So all of a sudden, we've evened out everything else. So now Draymond, Shelby, whoever you have on the edges are looking at single blocks. And how valuable is that? How valuable is he for that run defense that has really been an issue? Um, it's, I, I'm a big Jordan Davis fan. But, you know, okay. one of the guys with the most on the line probably in the playoffs, I would say. Yeah. You cannot be giving career days to Josh Jacobs in 2021. That is against the rules. Yeah. 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 You just, I mean, you just can't get run over the way they've been run over by some teams this year. <laughs> but now six, man. I mean, I think we've, I think what's fun is really we're, our conversations about the fifth best prospect in this class, we're already talking about a ton of guys who, could potentially be available for the Broncos, especially considering we're doing this in late December. So much will change from now mm -hmm. until late April. I think Jordan Davis has a great chance to be around. Devin Lloyd has a chance. Karlaftis, the NC State tackle, and some of the other names we're going to start throwing out are all going to potentially be available. And that's where this gets um, exciting. So, Number six, cool. do we want Jordan Davis? Yeah. I'm down. I'm down. Sure. I wouldn't okay. have had him this high, no, but I you guys have, have sold me on it at this point. And I I do think just, he, he seems like a guy that you can from day one plug him in and you know that it's going to make a positive impact. Not necessarily him lighting it up from a statistical standpoint, but he just makes it harder to run the ball. And I think we're going to have a great test of that in that Michigan game. So I don't know. Okay, I, I like but... it. Davis ahead of Stingley, guys. I think so. I don't like Stingley. I don't think Stingley's my top corner. Let's all tease her for a couple minutes. It's one of those situations where, I mean, I, I don't, again, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. I don't think it's a super deep class through and through, but there's tons of guys at the top. I don't think you really have to get Stingley mm -hmm. to come away with an impact corner. Oh, fair. I just, just wanted to make sure. Uh, we at least had that debate. Okay. Uh, so then seven. I'm going to go Drake Quanu? London. Carl Aftis. Ooh. Not oh, for the man. Broncos. No, Justin, don't do this to me. Drake London is dope. For He's the Broncos. So good. Oh. That's true. I guess if I'm doing it specifically through the Broncos lens, it's tough to justify taking another top receiver. But it's tough. I mean, when you look at some of these guys, Garrett Wilson, you know, it's Jameson Williams. Drake London, like these dudes are playmakers from day one. And they're going to be there when the Broncos are picking, if, especially if they're at 11 still, multiple of these guys are going to be there. Mm -hmm. I, Williams and London. God, those guys have me intrigued. I couldn't pull Williams after that Georgia game has really, really opened my eye. I mean, in a non-Broncos board, he starts to be in the mix for me at that third, fourth prospect. Uh, he's like, yikes, man. The the dynamic skills that that kid has. Are so, and Drake London might be similarly dynamic and is like a foot taller. Um, it feels like that, right? That's an exaggeration. It's more like four inches, but it feels like that. Um, so these guys are two freaks, absolute freaks. I don't know. I don't know though. I don't know. You you have Judy and you just paid Patrick and Sutton. I I, I really don't know. It, but how much do we miss KJ? Like, can I make an argument that Jamison Williams is KJ 
he's like uber KJ, you know, he's right. super KJ. He's, he's. Well, when you see what Jalen Waddle now finally healthy is doing for Miami and you didn't factor in just the speed component and what he can do to stretch a field. I mean, you have these physical running backs you can lean on. Now, all of a sudden, maybe if you actually hand off one of those jet sweeps every now and then to one of these guys, they could take it. I mean, it's, there's a lot of possibilities. I'm sticking with it though. Drake London. I understand that they don't need it. I just think he's so good. You have to have him on the list. You might not even necessarily take him there. You might have to take a guy listed below him just because of positional need, but he's so good. I mean, the, the, they'll be, really be testing that uh, that philosophy of uh, positional value versus best player available if something like that happens. Because if they're staring at, I don't know, say this situation where they're picking at 11th and maybe Jamison and London are still there and you pass on them and just watching those careers go down, man, that's a tough one. It could always flip Sutton. There will be more receivers next year. And the year after that, that's a good point, Hank. Also true. You can't take the bait every single year. And they'll be the best player available this year in rounds two, three, four, five, six, seven, and the best available undrafted for you. Plus, like, if you look at what the Broncos have at receiver, what they need is just like the little slot guy. Not not like the KJ Hamler crazy fast slot guy or like Jerry Judy who's like a monster you can do all the deep stuff with him on a slot. No, just they get somebody who can go to the sticks for five yards. He's basically a tight end, and and you can find that guy later on. Go get your Hunter Renfro in the fifth round. Honestly, I think we need to take a quick break and return to this conversation because this has been phenomenal. Um, <laughs> and uh, we gotta, we gotta just put our big boy pants on and tackle some real tough questions because there is mad talent left on the board. And balancing that talent versus the need always the hardest thing of for for any draft uh, is really the crux of it all. I love the draft. Well, the NFL season is winding down and the playoffs are going to be here before you know it. At DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, the offers are getting even more amazing. New customers can bet $5 on any NFL team to win their game. If they win, you're going to win $200 in free bets. Guys, these offers just keep getting better and better. It was $150 for an NBA game last week, $200 this week. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get some NFL action with the same game parlay. This is where you can buy multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the top-rated app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NFL team. Win 200 in free bets if they are victorious. That's what the promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only. New customers-only restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I'm here again to talk about teeth. This is kind of my job on this podcast now oh, yeah. is once a week, I get to tell you guys about Green Mountain Dental Group. Um, we haven't talked about my dental hygiene in months, though. And I feel yeah. like because we do this so much, it's probably time to circle back and give you a little update there. Okay. Um, in general, things are going well. But right. I, I, I do think that my, my strategy of like the Crest White strips, along with the uh, obviously the toothbrushing, uh, my girlfriend actually put me on to flossing, which has been kind of revolutionary. Oh Turns out it can gosh. be fun, game changer. Uh, but still, God. I do all those things. Not nearly as good as just going to Green Mountain Dental Group. Just you need it. to get your teeth cleaned. Oh, I actually got a new toothbrush, four toothbrushes a week ago. Girlfriend came over. Um, and I said, I know that there's a lot of toothbrushes laying around my apartment in both of my different bathrooms. All me, nothing else to be concerned about. There's no other women leaving toothbrushes here. She did oh, not yeah. think that was funny. Um, <laughs> you know what would eliminate all that drama, though? Going to Green Mountain and getting the best toothbrush in all the land, uh, Henry. Exactly, Dre. Exactly. And you can do that. You can get your free Sonicare toothbrush if you go to Green Mountain Dental Group. The best dentistry in the Denver metro area, 15 minutes away from downtown Denver and Lakewood. Um, all you got to do is schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. You get that free Sonicare toothbrush. It's a great deal. They're great people. They support us. They're big-time Denver sports fans. You really can't do any better than Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood. 
Look congrats at on the girlfriend. Oh, Thank no you. doubt. Thanks. Big time. No, look at the, the odds for the first overall pick. KT, shorter odds than Hutchinson. You can get Hutchinson at plus 120 on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Just saying. That's probably the testing stuff, right? They go through the combine and Thibodeau puts mm-hmm. up crazy numbers. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he jumps back and forth. I think they're expecting that. Well, and I mean, right. depending on if it's Jacksonville or Detroit, Detroit, definitely Evan Neal wouldn't be in the race. But if it's, you know, like Jacksonville, maybe it is a bigger priority to uh, to protect Trevor Lawrence and go go with an Evan Neal. So at plus a thousand, I don't think that's a terrible choice either. But um, OK, can someone recap this board for me real quick? I can. Yes. Recap. Oh, you go ahead. Hank. No, go ahead. Oh, uh, number one for the Broncos, we would take Aiden Hutchinson from there, Kayvon Thibodeau, then Evan Neal, the tackle from Bama, then Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame, and Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah, and Jordan Davis, defensive tackle from Georgia. Now things get tough. Now we decide if we take Drake London or if we go somewhere else. I would probably go with Ikemakwonu here. Tackle is a need for the Broncos. It's been a need for a while. Massive. He's a great prospect. That's that'd be my pick. Sold. Play, play well at right tackle. Um, I would go Charles Cross. Just throwing that out. Mm. I think he's a better pass protector, and I value that a little more. Okay, I agree. And, and would you consider? So, if I got Charles Cross, I would mm-hmm. put him at left tackle and move yes. Bowles over to the right side. You agree? Oh yeah, hundred percent. There's a I couple guys in this that. class I'd do that. And, and Bulls, you know, since since his days at Utah, he's always had his best as a run blocker. Why not run behind him a little more? Also, he's so mobile and athletic. Allows you to get a little more creative, get him in space a little more. I really think that a switch to right tackle could benefit his game in the long term. Of course, some growing pains at first uh, would be there. But that's the Plus, the game. like things obviously just aren't going well for him. Changing something seems like a good idea and even if like the changes don't make sense so yeah i, I like it i could i could get behind cross let's let's team up here i'd be fine having them at six and seven both of them could be building that i will say the nc state kid while i love his floor it's hard to deny some of the guys with much higher ceilings at eight again it's drake london it's uh williams it's uh even Stingley. Even Stingley. Well, we've got three votes for Cross. So, Justin, sorry, your vote doesn't even matter. So, let's put Cross in at number seven and then pick this conversation back up. Who is six then? Uh, six was Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Oh, man. And not to mention guys like Ojagbo, um, Karlaftis, who's already been mentioned, um, DeMarvin Leal, or Nakobe Dean. Be Dean. Yeah. And I'd throw Andrew Booth out there from Clemson. Yeah, Now's right. the time for me to say I think he's my number one corner right now. Gardner would be up there for many of us, too. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say he'd be, uh, I think, leading my race at this point. Yeah. Um, I'm throwing Carlaftis out there again. Mm, now is where I can get on board with Carlaftis. Yeah, I think that's a good one. We can just double down on power. You go Carl Aftis over the NC State kid. It's fine. Everyone's happy. Yep. Sorry, Jake. Your vote doesn't matter. It's fine. <laughs> He's a Big Ten guy. He's all about it. Number nine. <laughs> mm. I'm throwing we, Drake London out there again. <laughs> <laughs> Is Derek Stingley going to make this list? He wouldn't make mine. I like Gardner so much more. I, I I understand. I think if we were doing a a ceiling potential, I understand why people would have him up there. You see the raw flashes, but it's just so inconsistent. I do wonder if something at LSU was going on uh, deeper beneath the surface, just because, I mean, you saw Eli Ricks transfer and he didn't really have a great year either. I mean, I don't know. No one cared. Everyone gave up on that team. Like, right. Joe had to resign halfway through. Um, I mean, it's 
it's pretty easy to read what was going on. Like the whole situation was a disaster. They went from winning a natty as true freshman to not even being a bowl eligible and being absolutely terrible for two consecutive seasons. Like the guys just weren't in it. Um, Makes sense. Uh, But I, I don't know. Plus, I I mean, like the question isn't like in a vacuum, will Derek Stingley figure it out? It's like, if you put him across from Patrick Sertan, you've still got some combination of Fuller and Darby and Callahan in that room too. You've got Justin Simmons and potentially Kareem Jackson back there. Like in that situation, can he turn into a good football player? Like that seems like it'd be kind of a dream, right? Like if 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 it can work, then that's where it works. I'd say so. I mean, it'd take a lot of pressure off of him too. He wouldn't like be the the star at cornerback for the Broncos, obviously, because PS2 is there, but you know, getting that uh, pressure kind of taken off of him, I guess, could kind of free him up a bit to really just play football on a second wide receiver. Doesn't have to worry about number ones week in, week out. Picking yeah. another corner would be very George Payton. It would be. I mean, he said it's very hard to find those guys. So, um, he and I mean, him and, you know, Zim, there's a lot of guys around the league, decision makers who just have like corner fetishes. They just can't get over it. Um, I would throw a Jogbo out here. I think that's an interesting Karlaftis conversation. Mm-hmm. I think if Aiden Hutchinson is now the consensus, we cannot mention the one guy on that Michigan defense who has outplayed Hutch in uh, multiple games this season. Um, sky's the limit. Bendy as hell. Ochagbo would be nasty on this D, man. Nasty. And can play stand-up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great system fit, no doubt. He sold me. There you go. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of him. He's a Michigan man. What's he, right. he going to disagree with us? Who no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got number 10 now. Do we get a quarterback in this list? Do we get a corner in? A receiver? I don't think I have There's a still a lot of really good offensive linemen out there. DeMarvin Leal. Yeah. I, gun to my head, these final two spots are probably reserved for two of... Lau, Nakobe Dean, or um, come on, let's let's pronounce his name. Ikem Ikwanu. Ikem Ikwanu. Good job, Dre. The NC State left tackle. Um, because those guys are studs, and they fit this defense really well. Or the offensive line. Um, I think they're also kind of a ahead above the rest. This is to some extent. This is why you don't put any corner in the top eleven because I think no one's like rushing to draft Gardner, Stingley, Booth until at least one or two of them fall off the board. And then there's a little more urgency. That's kind of what we've seen the last few years is the top corners draft just a smidge. And then there's a rush for that third corner who gets overdrafted like crazy. And it's like, wait, Damon Arnett went top 20 or, um, you know, whoever the Falcons drafted. AJ Terrell can play though. Yeah, no, he, he can play. Was he a top 20 prospect though, or were they overdrafted right. because of positional value? You know, um, true. And uh, I, I guess my first one I'd throw out would be uh, Nicobe Dean. I was going to say, he, ha- I think just positional value and just who he is as a player, I think is going to skill. You can't ignore that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Let's do it. Nicobe yeah. Dean, prospect number 10. I'm surprised you haven't thrown out Kenyon Green, Hank. I know. I know it's you're tempting. big on him. I think I'd take Equonu in front of him at this point, and that's why. Yeah, same thing, same thing. Yep, yep. Um, Is that who we went around at 11 with then? Him or one of the corners would be my vote. You guys a little more lukewarm on DeMarvin Leal than you were coming into the season? Yeah. He just hasn't done much. I think he's he's like great athlete, big potential, but... You know, a guy like Jordan Davis, you're like, oh, you're super big, you're strong, you're at least going to provide something in the run game. I think Leal has maybe just a little bit of, of bust to him that scares me some. He is a bit more, I'd obviously be a bit more versatile than Jordan Davis just because Jordan Davis is so oh, yeah. big, can really only play on the nose. Um, so you do have that going for him. He's another guy, I think, that once 
like testing is underway and that's kind of the the theme of draft season you'll hear his name pop up a lot more um but in terms of the list um i don't know i kind of like throwing kenny pickett there too I mean, the debate is a little softer now with the prospects we have left. You know, the NC State kid, the um, the Marvin Leal, those wide receivers, the corners. It now is maybe where you start to talk quarterback a bit. See, and this is where I think the rubber meets the road on Stingley. Probably. That's the same situation as last year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can't, we can't get all high and mighty about, you know, George Payton drafting PS2. If, uh, you know, but we would have taken fields ahead of, yes, we were on record with that. Uh, But yeah, I would. So my candidate is Stingley. You guys, uh, you guys hash it out amongst yourselves. Give me Stingley. Upside, all the tools. He's done it before. I think if you put him in that defense, he'll figure it out. He could be a really good player. I would take Drake London. Mm. Yeah. Good case to be made. Jay? Um, I mean, I threw out Pickett, but I think just looking at it and doing it the right way, I think it'd have to be Stingley just because of the player at that Positional value. I mean, I'd hate to see it happen the second year in a row, but um, I just think that would be when you're ranking actual football players just based on their skills, I think you'd have to have Stingley up there. Mm-hmm. Would Drake London be the best wide receiver on the Broncos? Presently, assuming yeah. Devontae oh, Adams man. is signed, I think that's oh, oh, immediately. Ah, it's just they've been dropping everything. Like, like, how can no I, how can I say no when the pro the reason they lost the last game or at least didn't give themselves a chance is because there's so many important drops, and they couldn't run the ball. Yeah, I think there's an argument for Tim Patrick if we're talking about what we've seen on the field. But if we're, I mean, raw skills, like, it's not even close. I think with what they could be, I mean, Drake London has the potential to be, you know, one of the top receivers in the NFL, whereas I feel like Tim Patrick is a very good, reliable NFL receiver. You love everything about him, but is he going to go out and make some of those those circus plays that Drake London can go out and catch that just nobody else can? I, I doubt it. That's the I thing. Think I think Jerry, the word... Go ahead, go ahead Hank. I think Jerry's actually sneaky good. (laughs) Like, like he he is open. We've seen his last couple games at least him get targeted and all that stuff. I wonder if he's just being missed by bad quarterbacks. He might. I think you've got three good candidates for best receiver right now, and Drake London absolutely could be better than any of them. The word immediately though is the big kind of caveat here, right? Um, I think a year in the NFL would probably be Drake London, but immediately is really tough unless he just comes in and does like Jamar chase type things, but in an, obviously in a Drake London manner. And that's where coming off the injury, I think does um, make that more of a debate. Jamison Williams, then I think that's even more of a debate, right? Even though I might prefer Williams to Drake London, I think there it's more like, eh, immediately wide receiver one. No, probably not. You probably wouldn't even put them ahead of Judy, right? Like they'd be neck and neck and how you evaluate them. So and for the Broncos, Justin, I would argue they need Trey McBride more than they need Drake London. I would too. I mean, I, there was a part of me that wanted to put Trey into this conversation, but top 11 feels a little steep. Top 15 prospects. I think there's a legitimate argument for him beyond me just really liking him. (laughs) And I, just, I, mean, I just wonder what that looks like. Like, what do they actually do? Does, does that mean like Noah Fant isn't on the field anymore? Albert O isn't on the field anymore? Or they put them both on the field and then put McBride in the backfield? But then all of a sudden, that's three of your five skill guys. Like, I think for the Broncos, it's, it's tough to invest too much. I mean, he would be to replace Fant as tight end one because Fant has shown you literally nothing. So. I guess. I mean, if they want to move on from Fant, I'm cool with that. I mean, to the me, argument for Trey McBride is he can stretch the field as well as Noah Fant can right now. He gives you an immediate impact as a as a blocker that Fant just can't make. You know, I 
but agree, agreed. You know, I think it's it's a tough sell and saying like you know, tight end and, is a top ten position of need for Denver right now. Maybe not, but it, it certainly would help to have a better one, especially if you want to run play action a hell of a lot more effectively than you have this year. And if you take McBride, you really have to really deal with that kind of odd no offense situation for like one more year. It's not like sure. anything that's going to like linger around the team. It's a one year thing. And even in that time, maybe you find a trade partner too, because mm-hmm. I mean, no offense. Get a fourth round pick for him. Yep. I feel like you'd have hey. to trade him. I don't, I don't think you could sure justify having him all in there, but yeah, I mean, it's just dangerous because stock's too low. if he's a year away from breaking out, you're going to feel dumb, but right. Is he? And <laughs> I don't think he is. I think he's shown a lot of what he showed on tape at Iowa. Is that yeah? There's you see the straight line speed and the athleticism in some areas, but there's a lot of tape where it's like, man, this, the testing just doesn't match the eye test. Like he looks stiff, man. He, he can't break a fucking tackle, and he's two fifty, runs as fast as Cortland Sutton. Like something's yeah. not adding up. And you would see that at Iowa too, where it's like once in a while it was like, oh shit, like I thought this guy could make a play like that. I thought he could make a tackle miss there. Um, I bet you McBride probably goes 20 to 30 picks lower than Fant did 20th overall. He probably tests worse, which is like no shit. Fant's in the 99th percentile as far as tight ends go. So even running a 465, which is blazing at like 250, which is Trey's going to measure in at over that. Um, 465 is blazing, but it's not a 4-5 flat. Um, and yet, put on the tape, Fant at Iowa, McBride at CSU, there's just a different level of fluidity and dynamicism, catching the ball, running routes, yak ability that you just don't see outside of maybe like running a go route up the seam, you know, and Oh shit, he just outran like that five star safety from Ohio State. Awesome. Um, it's kind of useless though for the Broncos. Yep. DBs aren't bringing Trey McBride down by one foot. Like we see Noah Fant go down literally every single week, where you see one where it's just like, all he had to do was just keep going forward and he slows down and just kind of lets them bring it. I don't. That's I don't like questioning people's enough. effort, but it, it really just doesn't look like he plays that hard. I don't even think it's, I think it's just contact balance. I, you know, like I don't, maybe so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it, we, we get so caught up in certain athletic numbers and then we don't consider others or other athletic skills that can't really be measured at the combine, but then are like everything, man. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that was a fun five minute. That was rant. a fun exercise. Yeah. Uh, yes, it Who's was number that, 11? the exercise was actually fun. There's no consensus. I think they should trade down, <laughs> is what we established. No, actually, I think you, me, and Stingley and Jake oh, agree on right. Sting- But again, that's where this gets interesting is there, there's kind of a next tier down after this. Mm-hmm. So maybe they were right to lose this week and uh, and stick at that 11th pick. You know, that might just work out, folks. We'll see. Playing the long con. Um, yeah, exactly. Let's uh, let's wrap up here with a little bit of college football playoff talk. But we do have to shout out the homies over at Manscaped. Hell yeah, guys! It's still the the holiday season. You know, if if you forgot to get somebody a gift, you want to make up for it. Do it with our friends over at Manscaped. They are the worldwide leader in men's below the waist grooming. They served more than four million men worldwide. I'm not very good at math. That's about eight million balls, though. You can get 20% off plus free shipping when you go to manscaped.com and use the code DNVR. It's the season to perform, guys. There, You want to get the best-selling product on the market, and that's the Performance Package 4.0. You're going to get the Lawnmower Body Trimmer, which is the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. The Weed Whacker, which is for your ears and nose. Let's not forget about their liquid formulations. I love their body wash. Their shampoo-conditioner combo is great. It's got this earthy smell to it. I like it. My girlfriend likes it. You're going to like it, too. Um, they also have killer, uh, comfortable underwear, t-shirts, you name it. If you need it, DraftKings or goodness gracious, Manscaped has it. DraftKings is awesome too, but go to manscaped.com. Use that code DNVR, get 20% off plus free shipping. The lawnmower 4.0 truly is the best body trimmer on the market. You're not going to regret it. All right. Hopefully, um, 
fingers crossed, I guess, is the approach to take when talking about all of these New Year's Six Bowls and college football playoff games. COVID has reared its ugly head in a major way. It's really throwing a wrench into this entire situation. Um, with the current testing procedures, I'm pretty skeptical that a lot of these games are going to happen, but we shall see yeah. Georgia versus Michigan, a really fun game. And we've got Alabama versus Cincinnati in the playoff. Also some intriguing New Year's Six games. Um, I don't think we have to necessarily take a ton of time on these games, but right. Ohio State versus Utah in the Rose Bowl. Ohio State, four and a half point favorites over under a 64. The Buckeyes going to be missing some players. Utah, you know, they've really come together strong here down the mm-hmm. stretch. A couple of big wins over Oregon. I don't know. This still feels like the moment where Utah kind of deflates. You know what I mean? Every year they're they're hot, they're hot, they're hot. When just when you start to believe in them, that's kind of when they let you down under Kyle Whittingham. Where are you guys leaning on this game? It's just so hard to pick the ones where all the good players sit out. Like, and then that's what scares me with any of it. I do think, like, you know, Utah is going to have significantly more fans there. It seems like Ohio State fans seem to just really not care. They had to send a bunch of their tickets back. Um, and I wonder if that's kind of the vibe with the team. Like these are these are two programs in very different situations where Ohio State is saying we want to win a championship. Utah is saying we want to go to the Rose Bowl for the first time ever. And I think Utah is going to be a lot more fired up. And for that reason, I'm I'm going to take them to cover. It's going to be really interesting. I respect that argument and I I definitely see it. I just part of me still thinks that man, this is Ohio State, and I think that there's still kind of a big uh difference in talent, um, especially at the quarterback position and some of the weapons on the outside. I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba is still playing. Yeah. Um, I don't know, only four and a half though. And I can get the Buckeyes. I think I'm going to do that. Yeah. I mean, that's why they remain favorites as you've got CJ Stroud, you've got Jackson Smith and Jigba who are going to be uh, two of the must watches for the 2023 draft and i don't know if utah is going to be able to handle those kind of dynamic weapons but utah to me is going to be much more of a national contender next year um and they can kind of set that stage i think that young backfield's intriguing and um i think they'll come highly motivated and this will be a really good game but yeah i'm gonna take the buckeyes i'm kind of with jake on this i'm gonna Ah, I came in leaning Ohio State. I've talked myself into Utah just because they've got emotion on their side. Obviously, they've, you know, really tragic situation coming into this season. When it comes to this bowl stuff and and how it all lays out, I guess, when I'm trying to preview it, I just try and find the team that has more to play for. So far, it's really helped me out. I've done really hot on my picks. Um, I don't know. I, I definitely think Ohio State's more talented, but I think Utah's got a little bit more to play for. I'm going to take them to cover uh, Oklahoma state versus Notre Dame in the Fiesta bowl. A couple of really good defenses, Notre Dame favored by two and a half over under 44 and a half. We can rapid fire on this one. Um, you going with the, the mullet and Gundy or the newly, I don't know, excited Notre Dame program. They, they lost Brian Kelly, which was a big bummer, but it seems like Marcus Freeman has that program in a good spot. Everybody's bought in. They're believing I'm I'm leaning Notre Dame in this one. Because they feel more motivated, right? They're trying to yep. play for their new coach. Um, while OK State kind of coming off a letdown. And Notre Dame, the one one-loss team not in the playoffs, essentially. So they're kind of trying to prove, like, hey, we should have been in over Cincy. Um, don't beat Cincy if you think that. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I'll take Notre Dame. I'll take Jake. Oklahoma State. I just think that they've played a lot better teams down the stretch. They didn't win all those games, but I just think that they've played a lot more competitive football this season than Notre Dame has, and I think that they'll pay off. Fair. Yeah, I think I'm going to take the Fighting Irish just because I think it's a big spot for them to give the proverbial middle finger to the committee, to Brian Kelly. Um, I'm going to take the Irish. Lots to prove. Don't don't underestimate them wanting to to win in spite of Brian Kelly. I think that that was, you know, him saying like, I'm going to go to LSU because I can win a title there and I can't win with you is, you know, that's, that's some motivation. Baylor versus Ole Miss. Um, I don't believe that Corral is playing in this game, but I'm not a hundred percent on that. Ole Miss favored by one 
over under 55 and a half. I like Baylor in, in this Dave Aranda defense kind of putting a, I don't know, just slowing down this Ole Miss offense, which has been a lot of fun to watch down the stretch. I'm leaning Baylor, but not super confidently. Uh, Matt Corral and Sam Williams should both be playing in this. Now, this oh, is I love a, that. A report from mid-December. We'll see how COVID stuff changes that. But um, so far, that's the plan. I think kind of a phenomenal test against that Baylor D. Um, Well-coached. And because of that, though, I will take Ole Miss, though I reserve the right to change this depending on any any news that trickles in. I would warn, wait to bet these till we get at least within 24 hours because landscape obviously constantly changing. Yeah, if, if he's playing, then I'm taking Ole Miss. Um, I'm going to take the Bears. Um, I just think that the Ole Miss offense kind of running a bit off name brand right now, too. Um, also, a little bit of a – I was late to this tip, but I guess Ole Miss is in the under have been uh, hitting pretty regularly this year. Mm, because Their totals are always set absurdly high, yeah. so that makes sense. Yeah. Every week it's like 65 or something like that, so that is that is a good tip. Um, wrapping up the New Year's Six games, we've got – Pittsburgh versus Michigan State in the Peach Bowl. Michigan State favored by two and a half. I don't know here. I, Pittsburgh probably has more to play for going up against, you know, the Big Ten team. But uh, this feels like a talent gap game to me. So I'm going Michigan State in that run game. Kind of just being playing? a little bit too much. I don't believe so. But let me look it up. He is not playing. Yeah, he is not. Playing the Spartans. Is, wait, is Kenneth Walker playing? Probably not, but Who's I, I'm not sure it matters. Um, I would take Michigan State, I do think. Actually, I mean, you know, and the, this is uh, a game where I, I don't know. Who would you say is more motivated to win this one, Justin? I still think it's Pitt, just because anytime you have... As a you dog. Know, the, yeah. I think this is going to mean a ton to Michigan State, too, because they haven't been in a spot like this in a minute. Um I'll take Sparty. I'm taking Michigan State. I like Michigan um, State as well. I'm going to take Pitt then. I think Jordan Addison's still playing. Good. I'm glad. We have no consensus on any of these New Year's Six polls, and that is tremendous because we're just setting ourselves up for a meme if we all go one direction, um, which yeah, we probably sure. will here. Alabama versus Cincinnati, the first playoff game that's at 130 Mountain Time. Bama favored by 13 and a half. Over under set at 58, some things to consider. No John Mechie for Alabama after tearing his ACL in the SEC title game. You know, having him and Williams out there together, that's really what allows Alabama to stretch the field. They're really going to need Slate Bolden to step up. They're going to need Brian Robinson in the backfield to do his thing. Since he also has, you know, one of the best secondaries in the country. So can they really test Bryce Young and then make this interesting? 13 and a half is, is pretty big. I still like Bama to cover it, I think. I'm all in on Bama. Like, it'll definitely be fun, like, for, from a draft perspective to see, like, Ahmad Gardner and MyJ Sanders and Desmond Ritter and all those guys get to play, like, yeah. Bama. But yeah, there's Neil just so much BJ of the Sanders. roster that I don't think is... Give, give me Bama by 20 if you want. Hey, it's not the roster. To me, it comes down to Desmond Ritter. Um... And I think they're slowly but surely uh, boa constrictor style. They're going to squeeze the life out of them and close those windows are going to get tighter and tighter and tighter and Ritter's going to fall apart as the game evolves. Now, I don't think Bryce Young's going to be able to light them up either. Um, I actually think the under 57 is the bet for this game. Those defenses are getting really disrespected with that. Um, so, yeah, give me the under and just slightly I'll take Bam. I'd, I'd take Bam up to like 15 and a half probably. Yeah, I don't think they're going to run them out or anything. It just yeah. feels like one of those games where, you know, you're up Still six three to eight and then you, you score a touchdown with three minutes left and you go up 14 and cover late. But Jake, where are you at? I really, really want to take Cincy, but I think I'm just going to take Bama. Yeah. Too When's good. the last time Cincinnati hasn't had the better quarterback in a game? Not this season. 
That's been two years. <laughs> maybe, at least. maybe Georgia last year, depending on, but I don't think so either. Cause I think that was JT Daniels in that game. So probably not. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter who was in the backfield for Georgia. It definitely wasn't Justin Fields, so it was for sure a worse quarterback <laughs> than Desmond Ritter. Um, yeah, you're probably going back a few years, Henry. Is it? I think it's. Is there a fifty percent chance the Broncos come away with somebody who plays in this game? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, between these yeah. two teams with all the defensive talent that Cincinnati has. And then, I mean, just statistically speaking, with how many Bama players go in the first round, there's a decent chance you end up with one of them. You're probably looking at six to seven top 50 guys in this game. Yeah. You know, probably like 15 to 20 top 100 guys. So. Yeah. And you also, you didn't have the caveat of this year, right? True. Yeah. So, so you got like, Will Anderson next. I mean, right. You got the talent. As these many more next year. Both programs, but especially Alabama, will churn out from these rosters. Mm-hmm. There's a good chance, for sure. Um, okay, then the other national semi. We have got Georgia currently favored by seven and a half over Michigan. I like Michigan to cover seven and a half. I, maybe it's me buying into too much what we see, what we saw in that championship game with Michigan running wild and Georgia kind of getting tested a little bit in the trenches, but. I don't, I just, I love this Michigan run game. I think Cade McNamara can do enough as far as stretching the field every now and then to keep Georgia honest. And if they can run the ball at all, it's, it's going to be closer than I think Michigan's getting credit for. Then again, Georgia's defense could just come out and play like the team that we thought they were going into the Bama game and, you know, hold them to 10 points or something and just be like, everybody shut the fuck up. Yeah. I, I think. It's going to be one of those games, I think, where Georgia's defense just kind of is locked down and Michigan's defense is really good. But Michigan will give up 10 points in the first half and then 14 points in the second half. And all of a sudden, it's like 24-7 or 24-3 or something like that. And I've, I've got Georgia covering. So just looking at the over-under, it's 45 and a half. I mean, unless Georgia completely blows out oh my God, uh, so good. the Wolverines, yeah. I mean... That number kind of suggests you want to take the Wolverines. True. Such a great matchup in the trenches, man. Mm-hmm. Because the strengths of Georgia are the weaknesses of Michigan's O-line and vice versa. Um, I think both these defensive lines are absolutely going to dominate. That's going to come down to Daxton Hill covering Bowers. One of the best safeties in this class covering like the best true freshman tight end we've seen since like Kellen Winslow, the second or Jeremy Shockey, like the studs coming out of Miami back in the day. And then, I mean, you're going to test what we saw in that Bama game because maybe not Jamison Williams, but Michigan has some dynamic athletes. Um, is it Andrell Anthony who was yeah. the real stud? Um, so if they can get him going, that's going to level it out. The spread is well set. I'm not going to extend myself over a possession. I'll take Michigan. But I hate it, and I love the under. Um, and I also think uh, game planning-wise, it's going to be really interesting because Georgia's D.C., you know, he just took the Oregon job, and Harbaugh, like, he's got a top staff there. Um, he's been around college football and winning programs for like 30 years. So he's always cycling bright minds in and out of his staffs. It's going to be a great match. Great match. These are going to be so much fun. There's so, so many guys who are about to get drafted. I'm I'm hyped about this. Jamari Salier. We haven't talked about him yet, but the left tackle for Georgia. He's another one of those guys. They're just everywhere in these two games that, there's Broncos on these fields. We just don't know who. Georgia's guards are otherworldly. I think that's actually where Salier is playing, right? Oh, is um, it? And, um, and I mean, shit, Michigan's tackles have been really underrated. They've played some phenomenal football this year. <laughs> Whole entire offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, the interior is a little younger, a little more upside to them, too. Um, but, yeah, Salier is a beast. And then they've got Justin Schaefer, the other guard. Like, those two dudes are... 
otherworldly. I, I like love uh, Georgia's offense, even though it's not the unit that gets pumped out. They've run hard. Like they, they have, they're solid all around, man. Um, That's why they're one of my favorite programs, man. I love watching the Bulldogs. Yeah. Play. Yeah. They really are. Um, Oklahoma, Oregon. Do we have any takes on that one? I think at least Caleb Williams should be playing. Like that's kind of the game we're playing here is if you have an underclassman at quarterback, right. that's where you should be leading. Yeah. Because those, like, tries, those guys are trying to build that, um, you know, the Sam Ellinger being on the podium and saying Texas is back after a meaningless <laughs> bull win. You know, they're all right. looking for that moment. Um, kids there's no go. way. I'm done betting on Anthony Brown, so I would take the Sooners. Yeah, same here. Yep. No cave on Thibodeau. Like, Screw Anthony Brown. He sucks. What are we doing? Yeah. I got Oklahoma. New coach right. game with Lincoln Riley, too. That's Come on, Bob Stoops coming back? Come yeah. Uh, right. Oh, I love... Did I say I love Kentucky against Iowa? I love no. Kentucky against Iowa. Also, you're going to get some good trench play there. Lindenbaum, right tackle from old... From Kentucky, uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. All right, fellas. Uh, Justin, you're awfully quiet over there. Everything okay? <laughs> I'm kidding. He had to go, so he's not with us. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would have been a fun shtick, huh? Doing that would have been fun. <laughs> we should just ask Justin questions. Anything else? Huh, you know, Jalen Weidemeyer sure is the best tight end in this draft. Right, Justin? Right, Justin? Hey, Justin, any leanings on this Air Force game? Uh, oh, you're not not tapped into that one today. Okay, I understand. No, I've been hey, uh, kind of thinking Jay Norvell's a bit overrated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, scheme has some real holes in it, Justin. Uh, <laughs> bowl yeah. games only really matter to uh, G5 schools who uh, don't have anything to play for, right, Justin? <laughs> we need to Bring back Steve Adazio. Clip this together and send it to him. Um, <laughs> all right, that was fun. I think our most incendiary pick is how high we rake Jordan Davis. Outside of that, I expect the feedback from this episode to be positive. What about Stingley? No quarterbacks. Mm, I think we kind of make a good case for Stingley, and I kind of think with Stingley at 11, we justify no quarterbacks beating. Somebody's going to be out there saying, how do the Broncos not have quarterback one, two, and three after what we just saw? There's free agency, baby. Don't forget about free agency. Who there goes? I don't know what names you're thinking of, but <laughs> free agency <laughs> trades, you know, they'll figure something out. You're right. Free agency isn't really an option, but trades. Seems like trades are open, Henry. Quarterback it's, markets like the NBA markets. It's good. Should we end with this? What are the sure. odds that the Broncos start one of these two quarterbacks again next season? Oh my god, bro. Um, uh, I think I actually think with Bridgewater's contract being up and how the season has ended, not so much his play, but the fact that um, once again he struggles to stay healthy through a full season. Poor guy, man, how devastating. Um, I think there's about a ten percent chance, and that's with there. both combined. You know, I might I might bump it up to like. 15 maybe but yeah i sure. just can't see it happening also yeah, i'd bump i was gonna say i'd bump it up a little higher just because i mean no one that i think is gonna trade for drew lock he's under contract next year he's gonna be on the roster drew lock and a rookie let him battle it out oh that sounds awful <laughs> it does <laughs> you know you know what sounds even more awful these free agent quarterbacks this is sorted by how much money they're currently making Ben Roethlisberger, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor, Jameis Winston, Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota, Joe Flacco, Mitch Trubisky, Tim Boyle, Blaine Gabbert. You know, pick up the phone, see see what Tyler Huntley would cost. Okay. Hey, may as well. Tyler Huntley, Malik Willis. Who says no? That's right. right. Yeah, there you go. And Mm -hmm. Greg Roman as the Uh, head coach OC. Um, make it yes. all yeah, yeah, that's that. Now, that would be where it is at. So, all right, well, best of luck. That's never gonna happen, but it was fun <laughs> to dream for two seconds. Um, guys, this was very enjoyable. 
Thank you all. Good we'll time. be back. Uh, we're doubling up this week. Mock mock episode later in the week. So that'll be fun to, to jump into the new year with. So, all right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back soon. Later.